to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. All right, and welcome everybody to this Man Up, Man Up podcast 134. Hard to believe. That's right. It's hard for me to believe as well. And we're glad you're here. And whoever is here, here is back at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around. Bang! You're probably in blue. Or if you're in the United States, you may be in white, be it snow, but come a little farther south, come to Texas. Southeast corner of Texas might be a little bit cool, but you'll find Houston, southwest side of Houston, is Sugarland, and that's where we are. We're back at the Sugarland Baptist Church after a few weeks of being in the studio. And you know what, fellas, this feels like home. You know what? But that studio was awesome, and I love the experience and being in a nice studio. It's kind of like visiting when you go on vacation <laughs> somewhere really nice. It's much nicer than your house, except when you come back home. Home is home, regardless of how nice we it is. We got our lived-in table. That's right, that's right, that's right. And, and, and that's our lived-in chairs. And, and that's where we're at. <laughs> and we're glad you're here. You might have found us on uh, iHeartRadio. We're on iTunes. We're on uh, all of our podcasts are on SoundCloud. Uh, we have a website, which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com. We also have a Facebook page at man-up, where you can go ahead and post questions. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys, but each of us are on this unique spiritual journey and just looking to make our life better and richer and that's what we're about and because especially in this polarized environment right now these are things that you can't you can't talk about on a regular basis with anybody and if you've been with us for a while and we have some of you have been listening to every one of our podcasts for quite a while and thank you so much and I had someone, uh, they responded and they said, it seems like you guys, I'm a part of your conversation every week. And it's just getting deeper and deeper. So we're so glad you're here. And what we do here is we go through and we just take basically a ABF or Adult Bible Fellowship or Sunday School lesson. We kind of update it and we apply it to our lives. And this podcast is set up different from any other podcast out there because we respect your time. We know that you're men, and men are just stretched for time, <laughs> well, and they are too. Uh, we're glad to have you. But, they, but you, you, you work, you have family obligations, you have community obligations, you, you spend time with your children and stuff. And so what we do is we respect that. We go through and we actually give a summary first of our lesson. 
and then we dig in deeper and we peel it like an onion because we understand some of these may not necessarily speak to you but some of them and some of them I've listened to over and over again because they're awesome and they hit me smack in the face and it's stuff that it's nuggets that I really need and so what we have is we have assembled a panel here and we're not pastors we're just regular guys but we bring that no church answer tour to you and that's what we do here now these guys each of us are a little bit different my name is Bill Cox and I'm the host I'm basically a salesman a contractor type of guy but I'm also a kind of a writer actor filmmaker that kind of thing I kind of gloss over things we also have here Mr. Steve Titch he's a policy writer world-class but he's also a bit of a professional gambler as well and we have Mr. Michael Cropper who is an attorney but he's also a prosecutor so he can defend you or he can throw the book at you and so each of these guys we are all a little bit different and you might identify with one or more of our points of view on a regular basis and that's why we invite you we have all of our podcasts are archived on SoundCloud a couple of fellows that aren't here today are Professor Robert Koshu, I hear that he's a little bit under the weather, and Kyle Trahan, Deacon Kyle, he's an insurance guy, and I'm not sure if he has an excused absence or not. I'm not sure if his wife wrote him in the letter or not. He says, I'm out, and I said, out where? I'm out obeying my wife. That's right. Oh, we are so Guys, so so good that we're going to go in. And this particular, we 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 have different texts that we go through, and uh, we're in uh, Baptist Way. This is written by Baptist Way Press. Excellent study. Uh, Connect three sixty. The fullness of Christ. And what we're doing is basically going through Colossians, and uh, this is our our fourth lesson on it. And uh, I'm just going to, this is uh, Hold On to Hope is the name of it. And go ahead and I'll start by uh, getting a brief introduction and overview uh, from the fellows and start with uh, Mr. Steve Titch. Well, he calls it Hold On to Hope. There's, there's aspects of hope in this. Really, though, there's a lot about reconciliation in this short passage and the whole idea of what Christ on the cross achieved uh, not only reconciliation of ourselves as sinners to God, but the restoring of order and to, the restoring of God's order to the world. And uh, he, that, that, as we'll see, that's contrasted. Reconcil- the words reconcile and peace are contrasted with alienated and enemies. So you'll be listening for that as we, as we read the scripture. Excellent. And uh, judge... Yeah, you've got the, <laughs> He's got Okay, all right. Well, go ahead and take us to the halfway break. <laughs> you know. Not today. Steve no, had on a great, great thumbnail print of this. I had to read over and over and over again. And uh, he said uh, uh, something you got to listen for. We're going to discuss, I think, folks. And, and he said, God not only wanted to reconcile himself, us to himself through Jesus, 
but the universe. Uh, pardon me, in this case, the earth, and then Bill's going to reread in this a minute, but it says uh, up front, reconcile himself to all things, whether things on the earth or in the heaven. And folks, if you look around you, things are growing into more chaos, it appears, even in the United States. And that's one of the things I wanted to bring up, too. But let me point out something real quick. Before Bill reads the scripture, folks, let me remind you of what we talked about last week, which was just awesome. It's a picture of Christ with the fullness of Godhead in him. He was the image of God. He's the firstborn over all creation. For him, all things were created in heaven and earth. And uh, thrones, powers, rulers, authorities, all things were created by Christ and for him because he was part of the Father, part of the Trinity. He is before all things and all things hold together in him. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning of the firstborn from among the dead. And by the way, folks, if you want to know what I'm reading, I'm reading right before the Passion Day. It's Colossians 1, 15 through 19. And we'll tie right into what Bill, what we're going to do in the lesson that Bill's going to read in just a moment. He is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning of the firstborn from among the dead, so that everything, in everything, he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to put all his fullness. What we just read was the fullness of God. Just a few of the things that Christ is, God was pleased to put his fullness into Christ. And... For God was pleased with all his fullness in Christ and through him. Bill, if you want to go ahead with the scriptures today. Right, I'm going to go to Colossians 1, 20 through 23. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God, and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Now, what I really love is the imagery of <clears throat> the present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. <clears throat> Being raised on a farm, we had show animals, okay? And I showed pigs, and I showed beef. And you had the regular market animals. Okay, and uh, then, beef being cows, in case somebody cows, doesn't know. Right, well, right, but beef. Yeah. But not, 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 pigs not, beef. Not, not, milk, not milk cows, not okay, cows right. that you actually milk, but, but the beefy ones, okay? The ones you get the quality prime steaks from. And those animals... We fed them in the same pens as our market. My dad, my dad, I, I, I fed them, and because of that, I got to take mine, which were the best ones, out of there and take them to the fair and show them. Those animals were so good that they put a smile on my dad's face when he saw them because they were without blemish and they were well taken care of. 
whereas the average ones that may have hide not perfect or they weren't filled out right, eh, whatever. But this imagery in this passage just reminds me of the perfect animal being brought to my father. Well, it was, did you have to do anything extra to make them I paid, look more perfect? I paid more for them to begin with. Their bloodline was, okay. was better. Okay. They were fed the same, but then I actually cared for them more. I, I brushed them. You did brush I, them. And I brushed them, and I took care of their... I oiled their hide and everything, and made their made their hair look good. I trimmed them up. I shoe-polished their hooves to make them look... I mean... Their toenails? Their toenails, exactly. <laughs> but, the, and, but, the, but the thing about it is, not only is did the animal look great, but I'll never forget the pride that my dad had that this animal, when we took him to the fair, this animal came off his farm. And this imagery in this passage makes me think of God the Father. We're just average, basically average livestock until we're reconciled. And then all of a sudden, we're the show pony. We're awesome. And we bring joy to God. And I literally, when I read this, I just thought about my dad and how... How avid, I mean, it was pride that he had that this animal came off of his farm. And this imagery just brought it home for me. And, and it's, it's true. And I, and I think Paul, well, he may not have had your father, he had that very much in mind. This, this passage harkens back directly to Isaiah, to several parts of Isaiah, the whole idea of the the world of peace coming. But Paul is very pointed that in this, where he he says that uh, this reconciliation was uh, the quote is making peace through his through Jesus' blood shed on the cross. That is a direct reference almost a direct pointer, let's put it that way, back to Isaiah 53, which is the uh, well-known suffering servant prophecy in Isaiah. Uh, and the, the passage in particular to, 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 to point to is 53.5, Isaiah 53.5, he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Um, that idea of peace that Paul is going into here it is also in direct contrast to the idea of Pax Romana, Roman peace. That, that was beginning to circulate around this time. The historians today have found... The furthest, the earliest reference they could find to the Latin Pax Romana is practically contemporary with this letter. It's around A.D. 55 by the writings of historian Seneca the Younger. And it was kind of the thing back Power there. Power through strength. Pa yeah, but Pax Romana. Right. And, and, you know, it was like hashtag Pax Romana. <laughs> right. uh, it, Rome was very pleased with itself. If you're a Roman, yes. 
because there was there was unparalleled stability. There had been stability probably at that point for close to 70 years. It was really after the defeat of Mark Antony and Cleopatra that unified the whole empire under Augustus. They even called it Pax Augustus. So you had Pax Romana, and contrasting to this, you had Peace of Christ. Now, the Pax Romana is, was pretty much still peace by the sword. They ruled. They so, ruled, right. You know, you, you did, if you rebelled, you got in trouble. You kept the law. But that's, that's much like today. The only, if I get mad at somebody, the only thing that might keep me from doing it is, you know, either getting beat up or worse, ending up in Mike's court. Right, yeah. <laughs> but he represents he yeah. represents yeah. he represents Pax Americana in his own right. in his own way. He's, right. he's part of the court system, right. and and which I, and I shouldn't. And but this peace of Christ is is another thing, and that's this idea of reconciliation, not only of man with God, but of the world of this this peace again that's um, uh, spoken about in Isaiah. Um, I'm sounding like a preacher here, but I'm going back to you. Know, that's supposed to, to do this. It's kind it's of like personal. It's in peace, though. Personal okay. is settling the turmoil of the person. Well, well, it's it's not that I it's, it's I no longer yeah. seethe with resentment towards someone. I I right. have it's it's this not only it's, it's this personal reconciliation where I truly do love everyone. And I put aside enmity, the enmity we talk about, mm -hmm. and the hard feelings, and almost I just accept everyone for what they are, just like God does. And But then on a broader scale, and I'm going to go to the thing, on a broader scale, it's the idea that the, the order will be set right. You began to talk about how everything seems yes. to be coming apart at the seams. Absolutely. Now, from a religious context that supposedly that repair began at the cross and maybe that's that's the church's job and I'm and I mean the decentralized church not the institutionalized church the us the church the people of God their job to continue to bring about this this renewed order this new kingdom um, but I think there's also this reconciliation not only of God and man but of the 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 defeat of the taint of sin in this world reconciliation a couple things right quick folks uh, I just I looked up some synonyms naturally probably <laughs> that right okay what what Steve said was right when you reconcile the the, the, the principal definition is to restore restore friendly relations not just restore mm -hmm. things back to, say, repaint furniture it looks like it was mm -hmm. when it was new, but to restore it in a friendly way, relations between people. Also, additional synonyms are, are to accommodate, to appease, like y'all are appeasing me by not talking right now. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, but I'm, I'm thinking kidding. what I'm going to say now. <laughs> no, y'all, we respect each other. We really do. Right. Assuage is another word for it, conform. The main things that hit me are harmonize, right? The mm -hmm. synonyms that, and I'm going to say, yeah, there's a whole bunch of, a whole list here. Oh, you bring into balance. Re That's yes. like the check, but you harmonize, re rectify, reunite, mm -hmm. right? There's a whole bunch of other words from uh, resolve, accustom, arrange, integrate, pacify, placate. But the other thing that I mentioned earlier that Steve mentioned. And, 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 and I'm not sure how the Lord is going to reconcile 
the earth itself and things that actually, to me, we have destroyed or we have torn the earth apart. Not the earth has done its part because of sin, but because of what we've done. So to me, the word chaos fits what's going on. And, and although we are not in chaos yet at this point, folks, if you look around, it appears that we're heading toward chaos. Thing, it's expanding the, the form itself. And I, I, of course, I wrote synonyms for chaos. <laughs> <laughs> and, and remember, I'm trying to put this in light today, folks, what we see around us. People getting shot, officers getting run over, killed. You, if you, if you cut and fund somebody, you might get shot at today. There's no, no patience with people today. It's getting less and less and less with the people around us in our cars. Well, well like wait, 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 let me read this. Okay. And then you can talk. Dis chaos, folks, and I'm going to explain that in just a minute. This is disarray, disorganization, confusion. Now mayhem, bedlam. Mayhem. Um, can't remember my writing. Madness, havoc, turmoil, tumult, commotion, disruption. And my question to you, right there in verse 20, which Bill read, and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether things on the earth or things in the heaven, by making peace through the blood shed on the cross, how are you going to reconcile things on the earth and in the heavens? Um, which is becoming, it appears to be more, mm -hmm. becoming more and more chaos. And, uh, and um, that's what I see around me. So, you were going to comment, Bill. Well, you know, actually, Steve hit on this probably six or maybe ten weeks ago with the nihilism. And, and that's kind of when the structure and the rules are torn down, it's almost as if you have to create new rules in order to get that kind of order back. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I, I always come back to that uh, example of being on the farm with the dog that had a chain around its neck, that we, we kept our dog tied up unless somebody was out there with it because we had a bunch of them that got run over uh, in, in the road. They get out and get and get hit by a car because they'd be chasing the cars, but stray dogs would come around and would see our dog getting fed twice a day, always having water in its bowl. Had a nice dog house that when it was cold that it could go in. And my grandpa said, "Look, you don't like rules." Take a look at that stray dog. That stray dog wishes that it was tied up and getting fed on a regular basis. And that's the thing about it. With the, all this nihilism, it's like we've torn down the rules and the things that have gotten us to this point. It's almost as if we have to start over. Well, and not only that, it's relished. I mean, it used to be a time where you broke the rules, you knew you broke the rules. Now that is... Celebrate exactly, and to the, oh, yes. to the detriment. Oh, yes. not, not not in a way of well, you know, he 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 was an artist and he broke the rules of art and he made something interesting. It's like I'm I'm not I'm going I'm I'm going, going rogue to, going rogue and I'm going to be proud of it. And even though it is inherently self-destructive, right? Yeah. And and what's worse is when it's self-destructive and the people who know that it's self-destructive 
say celebrate celebrate exactly celebrate it and usually in the other person you will not find that in their lives right that's <laughs> that's that's in, that's the most interesting thing right yeah. I'm gonna jump off that clip yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. Like those people that do the murder suicide, you know, they never do the suicide first. <laughs> you know, you never call it suicide then murder. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's always the murder first. No, do the suicide first. You know, before you do the murder. So yeah. the uh, the other point I was I was going to make, and I let come in there. The uh, other definition. I got a couple things from the dictionary regarding chaos. And it, it involves, be, and this is example, folks, behavior so unpredictable as to appear random and owing to great sensitivity to small changes in conditions. Don't you meet people that get angry today, folks, over the least, least, least thing. And then, uh, which I mentioned earlier, which Stephen mentioned and, and read, Bill had read, and that's the formless matter supposed to have existed before the creation of the universe. Folks, if you go to Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. That would be the chaos that they're referring to in the dictionary here. And then the earth, earth was formed out of chaos, and the earth is, to me, the earth is going back to chaos. Which mm -hmm. is, and that's, right. that's just, that was just struck me so, so strongly. It says, Paul here has said the, the earth is waiting for the opportunity when Christ will come mm -hmm. and restore it. Right. But I, I've got so a what, question. What, Here is the my no church question. And uh, you you're see, not going to get a church answer. This is <laughs> this relevant. is you. But you you hit the nail, and Paul in a way hits the hits hits raises the question. Yeah. Um, why didn't this? Why didn't this trend toward chaos stop with the resurrection? Wasn't I? I I heard I heard one one skeptical knowledgeable. Non-believer uh, said, you know, when 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 listening to Christianity, listening to this whole story, said, "Well, I would buy into it if I looked around me today and saw a lot more lions laying down with lambs." Now, I I don't think he meant it figure it sure, literally, sure, but he, sure. he meant it figuratively in in direct kind of opposition to what you're talking about. Why why is the world still Heading toward chaos, and I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah. And sure, why is the disorder increased? And you know, just social disorder, breakup, you know, the the alienation, all this stuff. When supposedly we are now in an era of God with us. We got to change think, all the people. Oh, you got answers. <laughs> I got to change all the people. I've got, I've, I've got an answer. What is that? Nobody has to be taught selfishness. Or evil, mm -hmm. you do not. And and things like theft. And I worked at a company that was the easiest thing to teach people. My boss was a thief, well, so and everybody <laughs> and everybody fell right in and became thieves right oh, behind God. him. But to walk the straight and narrow takes conscious effort. To deny yourself that immediate pleasure that you get. Uh, I've, I've done a fair amount of stand-up comedy, and I'm telling you, sometimes the insults are so quick when I'm talking to somebody. 
I'm, I'm ready to just nail them. But you know what? If I nail them with an insult, I'd feel great for about 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then I would regret it the rest of the time that I saw them. Whereas if I bite my tongue and just kind of apologize, I might feel like I missed an opportunity for 10 or 15 seconds, but I'll be proud that I did not respond in an evil way to that person for the rest of the time. It's, it's exactly flips the script. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our uh, hard break. This is Man Up, Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, and we will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the Fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is Man Up. Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. This is podcast number 134. We're so glad you're here. Uh, this is uh, the fullness of Christ is what we're talking about here. The actual uh, uh, title of the lesson is Hold On to Hope. But what we've been talking to is uh, reconciliation. And what I kind of wanted to bring this to is bringing this to reconciling the individual. Because I feel so much of this is how the individual walks through life. The easiest way to change your day is to change the attitude of how you're taking the day rather than trying to change what's around (laughs) you, okay? So you ran a red light, got a ticket, you go to Mike's court, he convicts you, throws you in jail, with life without parole, you know, or, or or that kind of thing, or you or you have a flat tire, yeah, you can let that ruin your day. And you, as a matter of fact, there's people that it has ruined their week because they've told me the story over and over again about how horrible it is. Or you can just take it, accept it, deal with it, and move on. And and not let it affect you. And that is the thing that I see so much with, with people. They put so much emphasis on the bad things that happen to them as opposed with looking for the good things that are happening to them or the opportunity to be good or do something that would fill their heart. And so, if you're if you're just feeding that that bad and that venom, that's all you're gonna get. That's that's all you're gonna feel. Let's talk about uh, yeah no that that's great and uh, the individuals 
everyone who is reconciled to Christ and reconciled, uh, by the way, and folks, what Bill just mentioned is phenomenal. One of the things you should learn as a Christian is to be positive if you're not. Some Absolutely. people are negative, and there are negative Christians, folks. Oh, no question. So, so let's, 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 let's throw that out right at first. Right. Um, and we may know some, but you want to encourage them. If they're negative, the best thing you can do is encourage them. Let's go to reality. And the same thing around if you work with people who are negative. Encourage them. Encourage them. Stay away from the negative if you can. Uh, and try to encourage them and show them how to be positive. Um, you know, I think there's a bell curve <laughs> of optimism and passion. Now, now, we all know there's always somebody we know who at 5 o'clock, who's downtown, are convinced they're going to get back to Sugarland by 5.20. Right. That's right. <laughs> oh, I'm just gonna, today's going to be, there's going to be no trap. I'm going to go, okay. just go right through. Then there is someone who says, I'm leaving at 5 now. I'm not going to be home till 7. Well, you know, you can, you're not, it's, it's unless... It's probably not going to be neither. That's right. But, uh, you know, you, you're got to somehow, but, you know, you just got to realize also that whatever happens out there on Route, Route 59, right. it's beyond my control. <laughs> right. right. I just thought it happened. No, no, it's true. And if, if you don't quite make it in 20 minutes, say I almost made it. Right. If when you walk in your right. door at night, yeah. you don't throw your book what, or, 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 or you go like you every 20 minutes longer, right? I positively won't make it in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I won't make it right, right. right. But you know, it's it's so funny. I had a, a guy that I worked with that was always negative. Yeah. And uh, and one day I just felt like messing with him. And he goes, Man, was my night bad last night. <clears throat> I go, Yeah, so was mine, but man, my morning was horrible. And he goes, Yeah, you think that's bad? <laughs> yesterday and today was bad. I go, you know what, I'm glad I'm talking to you because two days ago, and yesterday and this morning was horrible. It was amazing. I could not get lower than him. He was such a downer. He was such a downer. I tried I tried to make it worse and worse. There are just You thought some, there'd like be something important, right? I thought there would be. Yeah, never got there. Never got there. And it, no wonder, no wonder he has a bad attitude because it's always, it's always rain. If it's not raining, it's getting ready to rain. Yeah. Yeah. And there's just people like that. And and I sometimes you know yeah. this, is, this is part of the personality. But I, I wanted to go back before the break. You were talking about just the inclination. You basically described the inclination towards sin. That right. humans have, right. yeah. and and mm. and the, what the rec, what reconciliation does, it it you're accepting the spirit into your life and accepting a spirit led right. life. You're you are you are definitely make, making an effort, right. but you're turning some of that effort over to the Holy Spirit, which is you right. know, one of the mysteries of the faith. But I think it's it, it's why it's why. Especially among the older people we find in the church, there is there is this peace that you have yes. that you talked about earlier in the podcast that that uh, of, of acceptance, both not of not not of not of, not of resignation. That that's yeah. I mean, you know it's not it's not oh this is I am resigned I have I have accepted the fact that this life is miserable. It's it's a it's an acceptance, kind of the old Irish prayer, you know, of of what things are and the ability to 
to act or to, to, to exercise control over that, what you can change or what can affect, and realize there are things you're not going to. I think that's part of it. Um, there's uh, this also, well, the idea of reconciliation. This is what I wanted to talk about, because this is, this is another interesting aspect of, of, of this, because there, there are two parts. He, he mentions uh, what we talked about earlier, the general reconciliation, um, all, and through him reconcile to, him, reconcile, to reconcile himself to all things, whether things on earth or in heaven. And then in verse 21 and 22, he talks about the personal aspect of this, that you collectively, the, Col uh, the Colossians, and, and, and to us as, as believers today, we were once alienated from God in enemies uh, before, before Christ, uh, through his physical body, through his death, recon reconciled, like then you said, presented us mm -hmm. as, as holy and blameless. But throughout, really throughout, almost the whole history of the church, I, I think this goes back to, you know, second century, um, the idea of universalism. The idea is that that first part, that general reconciliation is good enough. And, and, and they point to this verse that, you know, well, everything's taken care of. Universalism? Oh, univer universalism oh, is, is the, I, the idea that it, from a Christian standpoint, I'm gonna, I mean, you, you can sure. broaden it that, but from a Christian standpoint, that Christ's death accomplished uh, exactly, exactly what Paul says it does in a way of it opened the door to heaven. It, it, he acted as the mediator and saved us from our sins. But that's it, that, that we as individuals do not have to accept this gift of salvation. Uh, the, the idea, now most Christian denominations, including Baptist, uh, in, it, essentially it's doctrine that, it, that the, 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 your, your, I don't want to say active because that's going to get me in trouble with the Presbyterians and the CRCs, but... You, <laughs> you've got to, <laughs> you've, you've got, you've got to, you've got to make your personal confession of faith. Uh, to uh, so that means that means that you know my mom and dad are Catholic. My mom and dad uh, went to church. That means I'm in. Nope. Uh, it means you. Uh, that's why at baptism. Now the baptism isn't what what gets your salvation, but the idea that at baptism one says, I've accepted, uh, I've accepted Jesus as my personal Savior or my Savior, I've accepted salvation from the Lord of the cross. That is, that is that confession of faith, which in baptism, public baptism is done in public. You can certainly do it in private if you're, if you're not the right person who wants, and I'm talking Immersion baptism here. There are other ways you do not have. There's nothing you have to do to be saved, other than you might say accept the gift. Uh, oh, I've I've had people uh, probably one of the best explanations of uh, salvation is and the gift is this. I this old the old preacher told me he goes, it's like getting the gift of a canoe. You have it. But you don't know what you have until you get in it. You put it in water and you start paddling. Then you realize the fullness of that gift. You take that canoe, you put in some effort 
and then you'll realize how wonderful this gift of salvation is. If you don't even move it and you just take the bow off of it, you still have the canoe, but you didn't experience the fullness of that gift. Because you put no effort into it. But you, you see, you gotta, you gotta, this is why they got to be really careful about that. Because it, theoretically, it, not theoretically it, you're not it, supposed to be able to put any effort into it. Um, you don't realize, but here's the thing. I, I from, think uh, from, a, from a, a value of the gift for the person, you, you get so much more out of it when you use it. Right, but but what but you're what you're what you're doing you're you're doing you're giving out I'm gonna say you're not doing it outright but a close close approximation of what universalism is because I'll I'll, I'll rephrase your example in this okay. in this time of okay. year your your gift is is Amazon delivers a gift and puts it at your doorstep right okay, okay. now again. Apologies to the CRC and the Calvinists. Right, 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 right. You've got to open the door. I'll go to okay. Revelation. He stands on the door and knocks. No. You've got to open it. Okay, okay, there's my scriptural reference. Um, okay. But <laughs> you okay. go, you go, you and you, you are not, you have not received the gift as long as it's outside that door. Okay. Um, and I but and you and once you open the door. Open the gift, and our pastor last week, last Sunday made a good good explanation of unwrapping. Unwrapping a a gift is not work toward your salvation. It's not equivalent right. working out. It's it's but it's it's figurative. But if you've got to accept the gift, you've got to you, through your own choice. Right. You've got to accept the gift. You can't leave it out there, and it. And it won't like you won't get you won't that's now that's 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 essentially the basic Christian argument. Now people argue I'm not argue argue that I'm wrong. People basically say, well, why did Jesus die on the cross just to have a bunch of other people go to hell or suffer for eternity? Um, so I mean that's worth talking about. I think there are people who some people who believe that you know Christianity teaches that. And again, it's it's not you won't find it in most mainstream. Uh, mainstream Christian churches, uh, and Paul. This, is in Paul this, this comes into a letter where Paul is writing against false teaching. Um, however, I'm going to say it's never been declared a heresy. They call it hopeful universalism. People say, well, maybe there are passages in the Book of Revelations that suggest you get one last chance. You get one last chance. You, maybe you 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 have passed on in between the worlds. You get one last chance where basically you, it's obvious to you that I better take this gift. Um, there are ways to read that. I'm not I'm not going to deny it. Um, but there there we are. But there in, in a lot of faiths, however, certainly in ours, in Baptist, in in denomination, and several and many other Protestant denominations, that that personal acceptance is necessary. And and in there are, in many ways it is biblically sound. Well, what we are doing right now <laughs> is that we don't mm -hmm. just accept Christ; we're looking for a closer mm -hmm. walk with Him, right? Mm -hmm. And that's and I think that's very important. You not only accept Christ, but you seek a closer walk with Him. 
We're paddling the canoe. <laughs> By the way, and, and one of the things we're talking about, folks, here that we hit on that's in the scripture is hope. And we talk, we've talked about this right. many times, the three of us, the other guys here. Folks, what keeps us going, what keeps us positive in our walk each day also is the hope of salvation, the hope of eternity, which is the hope we place in Christ. We haven't used it word very much today, but it was in the scriptures that Bill Whit read, uh, let's see, yes, if you continue in your faith established and firm, not moved from the hope, the hope held out in the gospel. Folks, uh, yeah, Hebrews 11 refers to that. Now, faith is a substance hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We have faith in the hope which is Jesus Christ our Lord. And he's the one that brings us closer in our walk in creation and brings us closer to him. And when you do accept Christ, you want to walk closer, and that may include studying the scripture, praying, and as Bill has said and Steve has referred to, we, we want to seek a, a more positive relationship with him and a more practical walk in our life. And, and I have said that, folks. I was negative at the time because my, I grew up with a negative dad. He grew away from it as I was positive with him. But everything, he had to comment and criticize everything. And, and, and that might be more helpful to you to understand if you know people that want to tell you the bad things about everything, as Bill has said. You're positively negative. Yes, yes. <laughs> and folks, it doesn't come natural to you. Many of us, like right. myself, had to learn to be positive. Right. And you practice it. You right. practice being positive. Even when you feel negative, right, Bill? Right. Which right. is what we say. So this whole scripture is phenomenal, folks. You can either you can look at it as negative, you can look at it as positive. Then I just want to encourage you folks, your hope that is in this scripture and that we walk with each day is Jesus Christ and trust him that he'll bring us closer to the Father because he is the fullness of the Father. Excellent. We're coming down to the end of uh, end of this podcast yeah. and I, I hope it's been uh, enlightening for you. But before we get to the uh, final comments from the panel, I just want to make sure that you know um, that we are available on iHeartRadio. You may have found us on iTunes. We have all of our podcasts archived on SoundCloud. Uh, you can also get there through our website, which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com. Get a hold of us on our Facebook page, which is at man-up, and post some comments and questions, and we'll be more than head more than happy to go ahead and. Uh, try and answer them on the next podcast. And so I want to go around the room one more time and, and get some takeaways uh, from this particular lesson. And uh, go ahead and uh, start with Mr. Steve Titch. Well, I'm glad Mike brought up hope because the, the author does touch on hope. He calls the, the, the chapter holding on to hope. He talks about the biblical virtue of hope, uh, not simply wishing something like uh, I, we have a picnic today I hope it doesn't rain or right. I hope I win the lottery the uh, hope, yeah. it's yeah. this expectation it's, it's confidently expecting something on the basis of God's promise and living with the expectation that someone will keep his word I I, I tried hard but I kind of, kind of thinking about you know the way 
the way a kid comes home from school and expects his mom to be there when he gets home because right. that's what she does. She doesn't assume she doesn't work, or or that the mom is going to come home at at six o'clock because that's when she always comes home. Or dad, let's say dad will come home at six, and that that expectation is there that 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 it's uh, you know they'll make plans for it. Oh, when dad comes home, we'll 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 play it's a little something baseball. Something that's consequential. And and yeah. so that's what that that hope is not a kind of oh I hope as in poker I've got two kings and my opponent has two aces. I hope. I hope it, I, hope, I hope a oh, king drops before before an ace does. So uh, right. and there we are. <laughs> Judge, yes, your final yes, takeaway no, from this. This has been great. Uh, I mentioned the first, and, and again we looked at the scriptures. Uh, it appears that the world around us is, is becoming more chaotic. It's not chaos. Uh, Parts are used to maybe, parts may not be, but the point is it, it, it looks like everything's becoming chaotic. And, I, and my personal belief, the way Paul is writing this, is that you cannot bring the world back into reconciliation itself, not until you bring all the people back into reconciliation, because they're the ones that took the earth away from it. But that's just theory, folks. I, I'm not standing here with a... a, a uh, um, a concordance or something from the Bible stating this is this is what all the or biblical scholars believe. I'm just talking that off the face of my head. Now, coming to another thing Steve just talked about, and I just talked about, and, and Bill has talked about, and that's fake folks, we have to have hope. We have to have hope for tomorrow. Tomorrow when, tonight when I go to bed, I'm gonna hope tomorrow's gonna be a greater day. And my hope is in Christ. And like Steve said, it's more than just that pie in the sky. It's like going home and turning on the light switch and hoping the light comes on and you're really believing it will. There is a faith that's involved with that hope. And my hope each day is to grow closer to Christ, become closer to people, be more positive, and change lives around me by trying to be and, and, and reflect Christ. Well... Here, the take the flip side of the coin. If you don't have hope, and then and you're only thinking what negative, and then negative happens, what are you going to say? Well, I was right. It is a terrible day, okay? Where and you're you're setting yourself up for failure, and then when you get it, what are you going to be happy that it failed? Are you happy that it's a that it's a crappy day. I think one thing about this season, and I and I neglected to do this, and I want to just give a couple more minutes for the fellows to talk about this. We had our uh, our uh, Christmas program uh, this last week, and I was on the tech team, and we had issues, and <laughs> as a matter of fact, we had more than normal issues. But as I left. And the 11 of us that are on the tech team, we just, were talking just about it. What do you do on the tech team during a performance? Well, like we're Christmas doing, we're, we're doing camera. Yeah. We have multi-cameras. We have all of the lighting. We have the multiple mics. There's okay. people that are changing costumes. There's there's lighting that's that's supposed to be on that's not coming on. There's microphones that are 
Yeah. Is this a, not, I mean, yeah. and there's just stuff. There's you have a production. A person. It's, a, it's not all done by computer, right? Oh no, no. There's a le there's eleven of us. <laughs> We've got the script on the yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a there's eleven of us that are on it. I mean, and it really is a show that's being put on. We we had twenty some music or thirty some musicians might on the stage, and a choir of a hundred and probably 70 performers and it was just and, and multiple uh, rehearsals and everything and when we left though and after all the stress and we were dripping with sweat because you're solving problems on the fly and I turned to him and I go you know that was still a wonderful religious experience and I think even sometimes when you go through something like that and hopefully in this season Christmas and dealing with family and stuff it brings up so much anxiety to people but ultimately hopefully they'll keep in mind the reason for the season and when it's all done you'll say wow that was a wonderful religious experience and that's kind of what I felt after each, each after year, Bill. I, I feel stress coming up to Christmas, but there's a joy with it. There's there joy. is a joy with the stress each year, and I look forward to it. I, I really do. There's a happiness in the season. Don't let the stress get it, you down, it, folks. Right. It, it's great we did this this particular uh, podcast on reconciliation, even though this was not no reference to Christmas in it, but. It's what Christmas is all about. That's it really is. What we yeah. said, the beginning of that great reconciliation, God, and... Um, uh, in fact, no, no, hey, what? Like Harkle Harold Simpson. Y'all want to talk about that? I, 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 I do. I'll be here the next two times. Yeah, we... we so I knew what, take a moment. Well, I, I just... Well, it's, well yeah. we've kind of said it all here. Um, I don't think I have to say anything else. And, and uh, this is, this is uh, what Christmas is all about. This is... This is what the joy in Christmas is. Our Savior lives among us. The, the great recon reconciliation has begun with the birth of the King. Uh, and now that leads, of course, that, that leads right up to Calvary. Um, but, and, and that's kind of the dark side of this, but it is, it is the way God's plan to bring us back, as, as, as we said, to, to make us spotless before the Lord and thereby able to come into his presence. Um, so I, I'll, I'll say by saying, I want to say Merry Christmas to our listeners. Uh, right. Merry Christmas to Robert and, and Kyle, who yeah, are out there. there. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, our, and, and Earl Lloyd and Rob Hawkins, who are, are sometime visitors. Right. Uh, and, and and family, it must be it must be uh, kind of special because you're there you're there working the performance, uh, right. and, and yeah. thinking about so many things. But but it's still that you got you get something out of it because you're not able to sit and enjoy it. You're you know you're making sure the mic levels are right or the camera the, the camera's on the right person. And uh, the fact first of all, it's important because. Even though you're working, you are you are expanding them. You are bringing that message, and you are helping you are helping those talented to sing, to dance, uh, to bring that message 
to the congregation and to the visitors. Uh, and um, not only that, I mean, and, and of course you guys are, are, on the, are on the feed for our service, uh, which is on YouTube and, and on, on Sugarland Baptist, Sugarland Baptist right. uh, Church. Website uh, and on visit YouTube. You know, probably our, our Christmas yeah. service will no doubt stream uh, as, as it does every Sunday. So that's it. Merry <laughs> Christmas too. Thank you, Bill, for giving us all penny. This is Cropper, and he says Merry Christmas to all of you and Happy New Year. Yeah, absolutely. And this is Man Up, Man Up Spiritual Oasis for men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. And if you're ever, if you're ever, ever, ever in the Houston or Sugarland area, stop in. We'd be more than happy to have you come and visit our Man Up. Uh, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, and I want to encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and become a part of it and be a part of a small group. Get in a small group setting where you can really dig in the Word and find one that is men only. And if there isn't one, start one! You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.